Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite Queen's Practical Wisdoms in Sales podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show. I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Today, we will be discussing how to accept that not everyone is going to like you. Sales is about building relationships. So, how do you work successfully with individuals you don't necessarily get along with? Tina, would you like to answer first? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why everyone wouldn't like me. I really don't. No, that's um, sales is is about building relationships, and it's about building relationships with all different types of personalities. And just because uh, someone doesn't have uh, the, the the your your values because you have different values doesn't mean that that you can't find some kind of common common ground. When you're in sales, you are having a conversation, you're trying to understand the needs um, of the of the other individual and uh, and how they may or may not fit into your products or service. I think the key here is to, to realize that that not all sales is is personal. Business is business, personal is personal. And when you're building a sales relationship, you're building a business relationship. And you need to take your your uh, embrace those differences, and take that um, personal uh, judgment out of that. Um, you want to be able to treat people with civility. You want to um, be very aware of your own behavior, uh, particularly if you if you really dislike this person. Um, you want to be sure that you're not reflecting that in the way that you're that that you're conversing, um, and and really embrace the fact that there's there there are some differences. You want to cultivate and find some some common ground on which to uh, to engage, and whatever you do, really try to to take that judgment out of the sales conversation. Um, not everyone, we're not going to like everyone, not everyone is going to like us. But if you keep the focus on the product or service that you're trying to um, to convey, and if you're, you're focused on what that individual's role is in that process, I think that might lessen the, the, uh, the burden here of, of why doesn't this person like me? Um, Rachel? Well, I agree with a lot of what you said, Tina. Um, you know, there being friction between yourself and someone that you're working with, that's bound to happen. And it's going to happen multiple times throughout your career because, you know, pe people are on different wavelengths and they're vibing to different tunes and that's okay. Um, I think Tina was really onto something when she was, she, when she was advising to focus on the task at hand. So focus on the product, focus on making sure that the product matches with what the buyer um, is looking for. And while you may not share interests or share general outlooks on life, um, that doesn't mean the relationship has to fall apart. So even if you can't have a fun, cheery conversation with that person, you can still be forthright and honest and dependable. You can still build up that trust and respect because honestly business relationships and I think most relationships are primarily 
founded on trust and respect. And likability is very nice. Um, that makes things feel a lot better, but it's not the bread and butter, I would say, of a business relationship. It's knowing that you can count on this person. And if you can count on them, then you're going to want to do business with them. So if you can show yourself to be reliable and communicative, even if you guys don't jive necessarily, uh, then I think your business relationship can be very successful. What are your thoughts on that, Lynn? I've got a bit of a spin on it here. Uh, in sales, building relationships includes uh, building relationship with clients, coworkers, and uh, your management team. And in all cases, I absolutely agree with Tina that you need to find common ground. There is always some level of commonality that you share with other individuals, um, regardless of how different your styles um, and uh, the track that you're on, et cetera, can be. And uh, Tina and Rachel, you both spoke to this, that the basic rule is to treat everyone with dignity and respect. Mm -hmm. And while it's easiest um, to gravitate away from people you don't get along with, um, when you do that, you're limiting yourself. I found that a basic reason I don't get along or work well with someone it is due to a difference in styles. Mm -hmm. You know, our styles, they either clash, uh, they don't mesh well. Um, <laughs> it's like oil and vinegar and you need to shake it up. Um, when you're in, in sales in any position in your career and in life, um, to accelerate your success, you need to internalize the concept of flexing. So you adjust your style to better work with another person's style. And Tina talked about embracing the differences, and this is about welcoming the difference of ideas. Um, and that equates to pro a productive conversation. And this does mean requesting open feedback and being willing to receive it. I truly believe that you will find commonalities and you'll expand your paradigm and you're going to increase your knowledge base when you when you do these things. So that's uh, my response here. Thank you for those great points. If the decision maker for the purchase of your products or service demonstrates by their behavior or actions that they do not like you, what should you do? Lynn, how would you handle this situation? I'm going to start with the, uh, a statement that was given to me many years ago by one of my very, very good customers. Remember that perception is everything. And it can be very easy to misinterpret actions, emails, phone conversations, and on and on. And I've got a quick story to illustrate this. So back in the dark ages, when it was almost impossible to effectively work at home, I came into the office when I was coming down with the flu. I, I had a ton of work and I hoped I could get through the critical things and maybe even shake off the flu. Maybe it was just not feeling off that day, right? A little bit of ennui. But on that fateful morning, I was on the phone with a relatively new contact at an organization I had in fact worked with for many years. And suddenly the flu, it took over. 
and I knew I was going to be sick. And I barely had time to say, I have to go and click. I hung up. I turned and this is really gross, but I threw up in my garbage can in my office. <laughs> um, so, so here we are, this new contact. Um, the upshot was that they thought I was being horribly rude and they were very offended. But I knew that I had been incredibly ab abrupt, you know, and, and of course I knew why. I reached out, I called this individual and I explained and I apologized. I cleared the air and we have worked together for many years. Um, and so my lesson learned is, and, and I wanna share, is to be proactive. You know, as a professional salesperson, I knew that I had to address <laughs> the, the tossing the cookies incident, right? Um, but your clients, your coworkers, um, the executives that you work with, they, they may not give it a second thought if their actions or behavior could be misinterpreted. So if something occurs that concerns you, take the proverbial bull by the horns and ask if they have a hesitation or a question about working with you. So uh, Rachel, what would you like, what, would, what do you think about this? Well, you know, I would, I would refer back to what I was saying at the, for the earlier question. You know, a strong business client relationship um, is founded on respect and trust. But if your buyer is, is showing that they're just, they just don't really like you, then I would say, yeah, have that conversation, sit them down and say, hey, I feel like we're not really jiving together. What is it about my style of communication or the way, the way I react or respond or explain things to you? What is it about it that isn't, isn't connecting with you? And at that point, as Lynn was saying, you, you have to be able, able to receive that criticism. And, and maybe it's not so much criticism, it's just like, you know, you need to just dial it down. I appreciate they're enthusiastic, but it gives me a headache. That might be the case. So then you do so. And I think that when you are proactive like that, you can, you can fix a relationship or, or save it before it ever gets broken, right? And it's about being frank and honest and, and ready to have that difficult conversation. But if you're in a situation um, where the buyer just, just really doesn't like you and doesn't ever want to work with you um, and, and just you, you don't see a way to fix that relationship, I would, I would recommend first speaking to your manager, or your supervisor about how you can possibly address this. But I think that if there's no good way around it, then you might have to bite the bullet and admit that maybe this account should go to somebody else. Um, because you shouldn't spend all of your time trying to fix this relationship when you can be directing your energy towards somewhere, somewhere more productive. But again, this should be your very last resort because building a strong relationship and being able to tackle these, these challenges is very important.
Um, what are your thoughts on, on that, Tina? Well, I appreciate what was said by both you, Rachel, and, and Lynn. And perception is, is everything. And it's easy to misinterpret. Um, and the advice, Rachel, that uh, run this by your supervisor before making anything drastic decision. Um, it, maybe it is that they're, they're just sometimes people rub us the wrong way. And that goes both ways. Um, I have a, a, a story as, uh, that I was um, quoting and quoting and quoting. This is kind of mid-career. I was quoting on things and quoting and providing prices on things. And, and every time I'd get a, gee, thanks, you know, thanks, thanks for, the, for the quote, but I never got a job. And then they finally um, call, called me one day for yet another quote. And I said, you know, I have been quoting for months and you've, you have not given me, you've not awarded me anything. Are you just looking for a number or do you have any intention of ever giving me a job? I, I don't care one way or the other, but just let me know so that I know how much attention to pay to this. Now, was that abrupt? Would I suggest everybody take that stance? I was just fit to be tied that I was wasting everyone's time thinking that that every time that sooner or later I was going to get something. But at, at some point you have to say, am I ever going to get any business? And you know, from that time on, she turned out to be one of my best clients I've ever had. She said, you know, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize because I said, you know, it takes it takes the estimating folks, it takes the scheduling people, it takes a number of people to put a price together for you. And if all you want is just a number, that's an entirely different thing than really embracing and looking like this is an entire project that we're going to be able to to um, to produce so if again it's it, the perception and and folks don't always realize I think on the other side buyers don't necessarily realize or care for that matter what's what's coming across on uh, to to us so I, I have no problem asking the question is, is this, you know, it seems to me that we may not be a good fit. Would you prefer to be working with someone else? I mean, do you like the product or service? Is this something because maybe, maybe the product or service just isn't, isn't right period for the, for the, um, for that particular company. Um, that's, that's my, uh, my two cents. How do you maintain your self-esteem while accepting that someone you work with does not like you? Tina, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, we are in control of our own feelings. Someone doesn't like us, our reaction to that is our own. We can either let it drive us crazy and bring us down, or we can say, hey, not everybody is going to like me. And we're here to get a job done, and we can... Uh, we can work with respect and with civility and know that that this particular relationship does not define us. This particular relationship is a business. It's business. It's not personal. Uh, and we can share with within our network, our friends, our family. We can share about about this. But if our being is defined by this one bad 
relationship by this one bad conversation, I think we have a lot, a lot more to be talking about. Um, we are, we are so much more than any one negative experience. Lynn, Tina, I, I liked a lot the statement that we're in control of our own feelings, and I wholeheartedly agree. And this actually puts me in mind of a really great story of Tina's um, that illustrates this, which is in chapter 10 of our book, Practical Wisdoms at Work. First, you need to remember, this is not about you. This is exactly what Tina just said. And, and while it's hard to learn, you must acquire the skill uh, to shake it off and let it go. Uh, you are deluding yourself if you think you will always be able to get along with everyone. And whatever you do, do not fall into the trap of criticism. Negativity inspires no one. So don't go there, ever. <laughs> Maintain your grace. Demonstrate a generosity of spirit and be respectful. And as Tina has discussed, be civil. Be pleasant. Um, we have a blog uh, that's called Sales, Rejection, and Self-Esteem. And it's another great resource. And it goes, it dives in a little bit deeper into this question. Uh, Rachel, uh, what are your thoughts here? Well, I mean, I think we've all said it several times. Not everyone is going to like you. And that's perfectly okay. It's perfectly normal. And that's part of life. Um, now, I, I agree and disagree with uh, you, Lynn and Tina, um, with the idea that you're in control of your own emotions. Um, I'm mostly going to speak to thoughts, though. You're not in control of the thoughts that pop up in your head. What you are in control, in control of is the way you address them. Um, so if you're having self-esteem issues like, oh, this person doesn't like me because I'm annoying, I'm, I'm not a good worker, or maybe nobody likes me. You can't control those thoughts arriving in your head. Uh, what you can control is whether you follow them down the rabbit hole. And you need to be able to look at those thoughts and say, I acknowledge that, and I'm not going to go down that. Like, that's wrong. Or maybe it's something that you can't just throw aside immediately, in which case you look at it and say, yeah, okay, I'll think about that at 6 p.m. tonight when I'm not busy. And then at 6 p.m., you look at it and you say, okay, there's really no evidence to back this up. So that way of thinking is going to help you stay, stay with a higher self-esteem, a higher self-worth. Um, it's going to to help you um, stay on top of things. So when you're experiencing something like this, though, with, when someone doesn't seem to like you, you know, keep doing your best work and be proud of the work that you're doing. You can find self-esteem through your relationship with others. You can also find self-esteem through your work. So, you know, even if your buyer or whomever doesn't like you and you still manage to close deal and be of great service, then that's going to be helpful. But in terms of self-esteem through relationships, remember the people who do like you. 
think of all the people you do get along with that you don't annoy or whatever you might be thinking. And if you need to, it is okay to ask for reassurance from those people. You know, to call up your best friend and be, you can just say, hey, we're still best friends, right? When they say yes, they're going to feel great. And it's okay to ask for that every now and again. And then finally, you know, just go to the bathroom at your office and look in the mirror for five minutes and just remind yourself of the things that you like about you, of all the great things you've done, all the great relationships you've had with other clients. And understand that you're going to get through this. I mean, one bad relationship, one bad impression that someone has of you doesn't define you. And it's something that you're going to need to be able to walk away from. This has been a wonderful conversation so far. And we have just one more question. It comes from Serena in Lake George, New York. Serena asks, how do I overcome the idea that I have to be pleasant all the time? It seems to be an expectation of women and I'm concerned about hurting my sales career. Tina, how would you answer this question? Well, Serena, I think that it's uh, it's not a matter of being pleasant, it's a matter of being civil and I don't think it's, uh, I'm gonna turn it back, I don't think it's just of women, I think it's of individuals in sales. We're in sales, men or women, and it's our chosen career or it's our career of the moment to be pleasant and to, and to be open and, and uh, have that ability to have conversations with individuals. I think it, what, what's the old adage about it takes more, more muscles to, to frown than it does to grin? Um, it, I, I, I'm not quite sure that there's anything to, to overcome here. Um, and respectfully, um, I, I think that when we're in sales, it, it is our responsibility to set the table and to set the, um, to, to, to set the expectation for um, pleasantries and to um, engage. Um, I don't think we have to be overly giddy or overly happy or overly, I don't think we have to be overt. I also don't think that you have to be um, not true to yourself um, by by being overly uh, anything. But I, I do think that male or female, that absolutely there's an expectation when you're in sales that 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 there is a pleasantry and that there is a um, a civility, that there is that graciousness, uh, that there is a matter of tolerance. There is there, there is that openness to um, embarking on a conversation, whether it's via the telephone or face-to-face -face over the internet or even through emails when we have a, a certain tone that, that may come through with an email or, or text. And I would say that, that if you're having a bad day or if, um, if you're not quite feeling like uh, um, putting on your uh, a pleasantry or putting on a smile, maybe that's the day that you don't reach out to, to others, you know, particularly to uh, any prospects or clients. Lynn? You know, I'm going to continue on with what Tina's been saying with, with a little bit more of a literal spin. Uh, when you look at the meaning of the word, um, and just a few of the cinnamons include friendly and considerate. 
why wouldn't you want to be friendly and considerate? Um, it's easy to be pleasant and maintain your professionalism while being purposeful, assertive, and expressive. Um, based on the, the question, Serena, uh, my interpretation is that you're misconstruing the meaning of pleasant uh, for not being assertive. Um, I mean, however, that's my assumption. Uh, strong leaders and successful saleswomen, salesmen, salespeople, <laughs> you know, they're approachable. Um, and, and that's yet another cinnamon for, for being pleasant. Your sales career is not going to be hurt when you are perceived by others as being pleasant. Rachel, um, will you wrap this up? Sure. Well, Serena, I think I, I hear you when you're talking about how it seems to be an expectation of women, particularly to be pleasant at all times. I understand where you're coming from, where women who show anger um, or, or assertiveness um, can be misconstrued um, with some unpleasant words. However, I don't think that, as Lynn was saying, being pleasant is something that's going to harm your career. Rather, I think instead of saying, well, I should be allowed to be to occupy these quote-unquote more masculine uh, characteristics of aggression and assertion and all that jazz, I think it should, it's really on the men to make sure that and women and everyone else, that they're being pleasant. Because as we've discussed here, you know, being in sales and being literally a person on this planet involves, you should prob probably try to be pleasant most of the time. You know, you want to make the world a better place as often as you can. So, you know, I really hope that everyone in your company is making that effort to be nice and considerate and friendly. And, you know, people who who are gruff and say that you have to be gruff to make it ahead, I think those people are just looking for excuses to be rude. So you keep being being good and being kind. Um, however, like Tina was saying, you don't you don't have to force it. Um, if you're not feeling it that day, maybe maybe work on something else rather than reaching out. Um, but when I say that you should continue being pleasant, that's definitely not to say, as Lynn was talking about, that you shouldn't be assertive. You absolutely should be assertive. You know, you should be pleasant, but you should be you should be sure of yourself. You should be confident in what you're doing and what you're selling and be able to state the facts and state what you know to be true and not apologize for speaking up or having opinions. Um, so I think Lynn might be right that you're what you're really taking issue with is the notion that you need to be um, unassertive. And that's certainly not true. You can be pleasant and you can be assertive. And marrying the two, I think, is what's going to really help you in your career, Serena. And I hope that that, that helps you out. I so appreciate your thoughts on this topic, Tina, Lynn, and Rachel. And Serena, I hope these ideas will help you in your sales career too. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petit to Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com.